0: Welcome to Women in Electronics, the only show that empowers, develops, advocates, and celebrates the accomplishments and advancement of women in the electronics industry, with your host, Jackie Maddox.
1: Well, hello. I'm excited to be here again today with one of my favorite people, Cecilia Gorman, uh, first of all, Women Electronics is a nonprofit organization set up in the electronic component industry in order to develop the talent of women in the industry. Uh, we do that through being women, advocating, celebrating, and empowering women. And our guest that we have here today has helped us from the beginning. Um, she was one of my first advisors, actually, from the very beginning. And with that, I'm just going to turn it over, introduce Cecilia to you, and say thank Thank you so much, Cecilia, for being here
0: today. I'm excited to be here. You know, I say this on every Women Electronics training call, but I'm like, this is my favorite call of the month. And so <laughs> I, I'm always happy to be a part of the group. I love it.
1: Well, we appreciate your expertise in this area of leadership development, and um, I just wanted to turn it over to you just for you to explain your background in empowership. How does empower? what do you do to develop women with your program, and how does that coordinate yeah, with
0: our program? Absolutely. So um, my background is in the advertising industry in Orange County. I had a job working in creative management, which is essentially kind of an HR program person mixed with a finance person embedded in a creative team. And in that job, I got exposed to a lot of performance management. I was hiring people, firing people, and just fell in love with helping and and mentoring and coaching people. So it was always kind of a side job for me. Um, fast forward about 20 years, I had the opportunity to move into an HR role. And I just thought, I want to do this more formally. So I went out on my own, Um, I own two companies. So the one that you're referencing, Empowership, I own with a partner. And this is a women's focused annual leadership development program. So we sell to companies a curated curriculum designed specifically around the issues that women say they struggle with at work. And surprisingly, um, most of those issues come from within. So my inner critic, my lack of confidence, my anxiety, my inability to speak up. So we have written a curriculum that addresses four core issues and we teach that in, um, in cadence over the course of a year.
1: Wow, well that program and the content you've generated has helped us substantially. And one of the things that we have focused on as one of our leadership topics has been about purpose. And so we find that so many women have so much talent are so capable, but it's when your purpose and your talents line up that you find your magic zone. So what's your advice, and how do you help women get to their purpose?
0: Purpose is such a big word. I, For me, sometimes that's intimidating. So depending on where you are in your career trajectory, if you hear the word purpose, you either feel ashamed because you're like, I don't have a purpose yet. <laughs> like, you, you, you feel off course, or you're questioning if that purpose is actually, in fact, the right purpose. So I think the word in of itself maybe creates a little bit of pressure on women. For me, I feel like when when you can work a week, a month, a year at a time and feel like, ah, I love this. This is exactly what I should be doing. It's that that feeling that you get. So even if you're unable to say like, my purpose in life is this, because that's a pretty big statement to be able to um, author but if you say gosh I really love what I'm doing I think those things might be in and in and of themselves the same thing so for women who don't feel that alignment that's when you're going into work each day and you're you're feeling like "Mm, I'm not sure if this is really the job I should be having or I'm not sure I'm really connecting with what I'm doing and you feel a little stilted The, that's where we like to start is just doing some introspection on when do you feel great and in flow and when do you don't? And then do we have the capacity to do something about it?
1: Well, these are very important topics and I think little by little we're addressing them in a lot of our leadership development training that we do. So aside from purpose and trying to develop that within ourselves and figure that out, um, what are some of the other topics that you would think are real critical and important for women in their leadership journey. In fact, even saying that, there's many of us that are a little more seasoned in our career who hopefully have found that by now, but what would your advice be to not only women who might be at that point where they're questioning, but younger talent coming up so they can grab a hold of that earlier on, uh, whether it be their purpose or other leadership topics that you address so many of them, confidence and all these other topics, like what would be some of your advice? to to talent.
0: Yeah. So when we started Empowership, it was actually based on some survey results. So my partner had surveyed about 350 women. And essentially, the questions boiled down to when do you feel most empowered at work? And "And when do you not? And so what was birthed out of that became our core teaching pillars so i mentioned the first pillar of empowership is about um confidence so inner confidence Mm -hmm. and and things that derail that your inner critic your anxiety um not feeling equipped um outer confidence being your executive presence your personal brand your your ability to speak up um speak clearly speak with clarity so there's there's a lot of confidence in that our second pillar became emotional intelligence so i feel like emotional intelligence is having a bit of resurgence mm-hmm. so we we heard about it i don't know if anyone was actually paying attention to it now i call it almost professional maturity it doesn't matter what level that you're at you, you've got to start figuring out uh, your self-awareness how you interact with other people and your ability to be productive in the workplace so we we spend a lot of time um, teaching on emotional intelligence. Um, the next one is communication. So that's kind of obvious. Um, uh, how we're giving and receiving feedback, how we're speaking up for ourselves. It's it's It gets mixed with the confidence bucket, but a lot of um, what we teach has to do with being better communicators in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fourth one is work-life balance. And I don't want people to think that that's a um, mother thing, a working mom thing. That's a, that's a human being thing. Right. And how do we make sure that our job is part of our whole life that we're living and not the only thing that we're living? Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of um, work around self-care, um, harmony, making sure that we're setting boundaries, which has a big part of that. So for us, those are the four core topics. Um, we teach uh, one topic a quarter. And we do anywhere from two to five calls a month in that bucket. So in our program, people are getting immersed in it. And then typically what happens with Women Electronics is I'll take the best lesson from that. Um, I'll craft it and I'll, I'll reteach that in, in Women Electronics.
1: Well, you mentioned confidence. And it's interesting because as we are interviewing so many of our leaders in the industry, confidence is typically one of the number one um, issues that we face in our industry. And a lot of our male leaders are saying that they recognize so much talent in women, but maybe we're not stepping up as much. We're not going after what we want. We're not vocalizing what we want. So based on your experience um, with your development um, experience, what are some, maybe a couple key takeaways that women can take to help boost their confidence or, or something to be thinking about if that's one of the number one issues in leadership development what are maybe just a couple yeah. pieces of advice
0: this is an interesting topic right because you could boil it down to men versus women right well men speak up more than women do you could boil it down to extrovert versus introvert so there's there's so many ways you could slice that that and at the end of the day it, it's it's personal it's What environment are you in? Is there three executives in the room? Um, Did you have a bad night? Do you know your stuff? Like there's so many variables on your ability to be confident at work. One of the tricks that I like to use is, um, I call it act as if. Mm. Acting as if. And really, when when you embrace that, it's almost like becoming a player in a play, an actor. And you act as if. So act as if you are a, a confident equipped leader. Sometimes I'll do it when when I go public speaking, act as if I am Tony Robbins. You know, like it it then lets me step into something that maybe I wasn't quite confident to be in, but I'm practicing um pushing myself into that confident role. And so for me it's it's a little bit of a trick you have to play on your mind because if you're waiting To feel confident to speak up in a meeting or or to to say something to your boss or to offer to take on that role. It might be a long wait.
1: (laughs) Yes, and it reminds me of uh, our second leadership conference in 2018. Lenon Clark, who's one of our uh, speakers at that conference, she says that her grandmother, she gave that quote from her grandmother from many years ago who said you have to, Act your way into feeling yeah. because you yeah. can't feel your way
0: into acting. That's exactly it, right there. You just and and I think for me that becomes a courageous starting point. So if you if you're in a meeting, let's say, and, and again, it doesn't matter what level you are, but let's say you're in a meeting, you're looking around the room, and there's some people that are in maybe power positions, a few levels up, you're not you're not feeling as confident as you want, but you know you either want to raise your hand, you wanna say something, or it's your turn to speak. If you can for a moment, then, I'm going to call it pretend, but just pretend that you are equipped and you are confident. It's almost like um, visualization. and that That's kind of the trick that some people use. You visualize your success and then you start stepping into mm-hmm. it. And it kind of plays a trick on your mind. And so it, it can jumpstart confidence in um, moments that maybe you don't have it. And, and really, Jackie, I think it just comes down to practice because... We could talk about this, it sounds really easy, but when you're in that room, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's not as easy.
1: Yes, and I think a lot of females in our industry do face being the only female or one of the very few in a boardroom with multiple men and um, sometimes have a very different way of thinking and don't necessarily want to speak up even though they feel that need inside. And so that fear is what we find to be an issue. So like you're saying, for people just to do it and, and start getting practice in yeah. doing that.
0: And I have a little trick um, that I would do in the workplace. I would take, like, whatever you use to keep track of your day. So for me, it was a like a day timer. I, I would print out my meeting schedule, and I would use that to take notes on. So whatever, you're, you've got a journal, a notepad, whatever you use, I would make three little empty boxes at the top of my sheet. And my goal was when I was in a meeting, I would attempt to contribute in some way three different times. And all I would do is put a little a little check mark in each box, whether it was me raising my hand and saying, hey, Jackie, I love that point that you just made. Okay, that, that's a little bit of practice. So I'm not going totally out on a limb saying something of my own view, but I am agreeing with you um, or I'm I'm offering something um, I'm interjecting with a thought. but. We've got to have a system that reminds us that that we need to be an active participant in that meeting.
1: Very, very good tip, because I do think the practice is, is really critical. So when you were addressing some of the other aspects of Empowership, it got me thinking because you have spoke about unconscious bias a lot. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that fits into some of the training you've done? Oh, my gosh.
0: Area? I I really love this topic of bias, Um, and I'm going to connect it to Brene Brown, too, who, if you've listened to her at all, Mm -hmm. you're just going to fall in love with her and want to hang out with her and be her friend. Um, I think the book that she wrote was called Daring Greatly, and she was very vulnerable in that book. And she starts out sharing a story about her and her husband, and it came down to the story in my head is that that was her thing? She was making up this huge story about something her husband said or did, and that she made up this entire story. The story in my head when I think of bias and women in the workplace, there's there's something about the stories that we're making up about ourselves, mm-hmm. um, about maybe that room full of men. Uh, if, if we're in a meeting, we're the only woman, the, the stories that we're making up for them. And as well, the stories that they have about us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that yeah, we, we could do a couple hours just on this. So if we think about it, if you're in a meeting, you're a little bit of an introvert, you're a little bit of quiet, you're you're not speaking up. The story that they may be making up about you is you don't have anything to add. You're actually not competent or you're not smart mm-hmm. or what And which 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 is an untruth about you. Right. So and then you're making up a story about them. Oh, they're going to judge me. Oh, he's he's just going to cut me off. And and so we play this story game, um, which adds just a a lot of pressure, I think, to working women. So we've got to start recognizing when the story appears. I want to bring this up with my boss. Oh, well, he's really busy. He probably won't. Okay, Is that truth or not truth? Is that a story that you're making up? Can we work through that? So bias is in there because a lot of times we we have stories that are beneath the surface. They're unconscious unconscious and they become habit for us. And we've got to find a way to jigger out of that.
1: Well, that's really interesting. I'm finding that a lot of our male leaders in the industry that are actually influencing policy are starting to understand and hear more about unconscious bias and understand that there's no fault. It's not that um, all of us have it. Yeah, to one degree or another, it's just a matter of catching ourselves and, and knowing what our story is in our head and starting to think through those issues. But you had also mentioned emotional intelligence that all yep. plays into this as well. Maybe you can talk to that a little bit.
0: I think it just for me, we I know everybody works in a really fast paced, probably high volume environment. And so it's tough for me to say the advice is we've got to slow down just a little bit. We've got to have margin around us to allow us to be thoughtful about um, the story that that we're making up, to, to recognize, um, when we talk about self-awareness, to recognize the impact that our behavior is having on someone else, because yeah. I'm slowing down. So I think for working women, it's trying to find a way to, how can you make sure that you're paying attention to yourself? Um how how you're operating in the workplace how you're being received in the workplace in addition to the tactical job that you have to crank out from 9 to 5 and that that's kind of tough cuz we could wake up 3 months from now and you're like oh my god i haven't even had a chance to think about you know how i'm how i'm speaking up or talking in meetings i'm just doing my job so th- th- this idea of having the space to reflect to think about, to respond a little bit more appropriately, I think that's probably the challenge for women. Mm.
1: You know, we had an interview here with Phil Gallagher from Avnet, and he said something that I caught my attention. He said, you know, if nobody's asking you to lunch, it's probably you. So start paying attention to yourself as a leader and know, like, maybe you're feeling a little left out, like people are not inviting you, but maybe you should look at yourself. Like, why yeah. are they not inviting me? Um, And then somebody else that we interviewed, Dave Doherty from Digikey said, um, surround yourself with good people and it's likely to rub off. And you can start to pay attention to what others are doing that you see are successful and that you see are having good interactions. And what does that look like and what are they doing and how could we adjust our own behavior? Yeah,
0: well, I I liken it to, uh, we've gotta be willing to put the mirror up in front of us as we operate in the workplace you have got the courage to say, I'm going to look at myself, and that's hard to do. I mean, frankly, I don't want to look in a regular mirror at myself sometimes, right? right? <laughs> you got to look at yourself in the mirror. You've got to acknowledge what you're seeing. And you actually have to be willing to do something with that information. Yeah. So if what you're seeing is you're not being asked on projects, um, you're not being called upon, you're not being asked to lunch, you're not part of the the right, uh, I don't know, group that, that you need to be enrolled in at work, you have to stop and think about that it's not to say every woman's in the wrong we just have to be able to stop and analyze where we're at that that's the self-awareness part of emotional intelligence
1: and I, i think one of we have about five more minutes here um to wrap up in a final topic but this one i think is pretty critical to a lot of women i know myself i'm very guilty of this it's perfectionism and sometimes it's hard to admit And look at yourself in the way that you're describing because we're such perfectionists and it's one of the reasons that women don't go for that next job because they feel they don't check all the boxes and they want to do everything just right so can you speak to that a little bit about perfectionism and and how it affects
0: us as women? My goodness, yeah so I think at the end of the day when you want to be perfect you're actually afraid of not being perfect so it's not really a A thing you're aspiring to, it's a thing that you're hiding from. And so it's recognizing that, again, you may be making up a story in your head about how perfect things need to be. Um, Even if you, in our personal lives, right, you got to throw your kid a themed birthday party Mm -hmm. with like balloons that match the cake, that match the thing, that match the thing. The only person that's putting that kind of pressure is you and your fear of being judged. So we've just got to peel the onion back and get to what am I really afraid of here? And if I delivered at 80% instead of 120%, is that, is that okay in all the priorities that I have? And so in my vision, if it's a little bit less than perfect, is that, is that still okay?
1: I think that's the pressure we all put on ourselves. Um, There was somebody just talking the other day about, you know, they were going to throw a just a simple little barbecue. And by the time they knew it, by the end of the week, they're planting things and they're ordering steaks instead of hot dogs. And they're going through this whole thing. And by the time the guests showed up, they were just too exhausted to enjoy the experience, yep. and now they're cranky, and so I do think we tend to do this yep. kind of stuff to ourselves, and I wonder how that translates into our professional lives as well.
0: Absolutely. Yes. And I think, again, all these things that we've talked about today, they're easier said than done. So it's really just trying to find a little bit of margin to reflect on you, how you're showing up at work, how you're being received at work. and, and what things you can do that maybe can start to shift how you're operating to become a, a a stronger woman leader?
1: Well, Cecilia, I think you're doing your part to help all of us, and it's been such a pleasure to have you here today. I could talk to you all day long. Thank I could, you. Um, but thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your participation in Women Electronics, and uh, we'll catch you next time.
0: Thank you so much. Have a blessed day. You've been listening to another episode of Women in Electronics right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.